South Africa is alive with possibilities. I mean, who would have imagined a former president in jail? A sitting president sleeping on cash, literally. A cabinet minister visiting a common prisoner in jail. Or even the post office operating, even when they have nothing to do. Can you confirm that delivery performances dropped? Welcome to the new Sowetan Live podcast called Taking the Rams by the Horns with me, Rams Mabote. Each week, I will be taking a lighter look at very serious topics that half the time drive you up the wall. This podcast will use humor to take no prisoners, have no holy cows, and cook a whole lot of sacrificial lambs. Happy Monday, my dear friends. Thank you for choosing to listen to Taking the Rams by the Horns, a podcast in partnership with Sowetan Live. My name is Rams Mavote. One of the problems with this kind of work is that I cannot keep up with the scripts that keep on writing themselves. There seems to be competition from everyone everywhere to produce this podcast for me. My only challenge is time and space. I can only do one topic per episode and I have only two episodes a week. Hint, hint to management. Maybe we need more. Take for instance last week. I mean, I was conflicted between the cabinet reshuffle by President Cyril Ramaphosa and the drama in the mayoral chambers of the city of Tswane. And even after choosing the latter, moments after posting, former Mayor Muruna Maguarela was reinstated only to resign the next day because, as it turned out, he presented a fraudulent proof of why he should not have been ruled out of office in the very first place. I mean, have you ever? As a result, I had written off doing anything on the cabinet reshuffle until yesterday, that is, when I read a compelling piece in the city press by Dr. Professor Sangani Matibula. I don't know if one can ever use both, but anyway, he'll tell me. Titled Reduction Mirage, in, in the article, Dr. Matebula, a professor at, uh, at the Teflop School of Leadership at the University of Limpopo, a friend of mine, and dare I say an average golfer, questions Ramaphosa's promise of reducing his cabinet in 2024. Let's recap. Uh, Ramaphosa made a startling commitment. We have said that the people of South Africa want action. They want solutions and they want government to work for them. All members of the executive have been directed to focus on those agreed actions that will make a meaningful difference and change now that will also enable real progress within the next year. You could have fooled me. The people of South Africa want actions and solutions? How silly of them. Uh, I mean, you, South Africans, who do you think you are uh, to want so much from government? I wonder what Ramaphosa and his peers thought their role was when they walked into office in the first place. And to become government that works for us, Ramaphosa decided, wait for it, to increase his cabinet. While this will result in an increase in the number of ministries in the short term, As indicated in the State of the Nation address, I have instructed the Presidency and the National Treasury to develop a proposal to rationalize government departments 
entities and programs to ensure greater efficiencies. This work will result in the reduction of the number of ministries and it will inform the configuration of government going into the next administration. So we will be reducing the number of ministries as we move forward. I do not know about you, but this sounds to me like someone saying, I'm going to gain weight so that I lose it next year. So, Prof, good morning, Maguero. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Rams. Good morning, Maguero. I'm very well. It's indeed a very exciting time to be living in South Africa. <laughs> Whether you want to talk about the mayor of Johannesburg or you want to talk about the mayor of Tswane, or, want to talk about the or Action SA, I mean, you know. One minute X in SA is getting bigger, the next minute is losing its people. Like, I mean, I don't know what's happening in our country. It's, it, well, as I said, my scripts get written for me. I don't, I just have to present, really. I don't have to do much. It is in the nature of politics yeah. and, and life in general. So all we can need to do is we need to deal with them with a bit of caution um, and not losing, losing the fundamentals and the process. You seem to, to be agreeing with me on this cabinet reduction mirage, and those are the words of the headline that I read. Yes, I do. I, I think that it is a mirage uh, because it's something that you, you know, a mirage is you, you think there's water on the road as you drive. <laughs> and as you continuously come closer, you realize, no, no, this thing just continues to go um, to the next spot yeah. um, or a little bit of a distance. So it is. In respect of the cabinet um, a reduction, I I actually um, have chosen a, a much more different title than what the sub-editors went with. Yeah, I had said a lean and mean cabinet, dream on. <laughs> I don't think that we're going to have a lean and mean cabinet anytime soon. Um, in sometimes in December after uh, uh, President Ramos Posa had uh, a, a resounding success or win at Nazareth, I wrote a, an article um, which actually named ministers by name uh, to say, listen, I think that those ministers needed to get a job. I remember the article. Uh, uh, some, I thought that some of the uh, ministries needed to be combined. Um, the, here we are. Um, we have moved from 28 to 30 ministries um, and extra more deputies. Yeah. So, I mean, what are, what are your exact problems about this, this move by the president? What do you think is wrong with this? Look, I think what is wrong about it is that uh, increasing a cabinet uh, or members of the executive communicate to the larger South Africans um, something that says, we don't understand that you are and really pulling very hard. Um, we're going to increase the executive, so which means that the cost of running government is going to increase. Mm -hmm. um, cost of running government means, you know, when you put new ministers, you mean to, at, at the very minimum, uh, you are going to have to cater for two houses, uh, one in Cape Town, one in, 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 in Pretoria, uh, one car in Cape Town, one car in Johannesburg, um, extra extra number of detail uh, security personnel, mm -hmm. um, and then all the other things that has to go with that. Yeah. Um, now, 
the ordinary citizens are finding it very difficult to to afford bread, uh, to afford petrol, uh, to afford the bare minimum um, that they should be able to live on. And and here we are, uh, we are increasing number of of executives. Look, I mean, I I I do get where the president may be coming from. Um, in his fire, the electricity ministry is concerned. Of course, is a point of there. But I would have thought what you needed to do is um, you needed to have uh, to make sure that the, the responsible minister of um, the public enterprises, where as component it, um, is, it's it's either is rapidly shuffled or has meant to do his job and get ESCOM a board to appoint a competent a is a a. Chief executive, as, it, as we sit today, they don't have a CEO, they don't have a, a chief operating officer. Um, there are a number of explanations that I can give you. All. In, in fact, part of the matter is that with in load shaping, we do not, and we do not have a stable organization. That is very problematic for anyone looking from the outside. Well, well, in fact, now that you you've introduced that matter, I was going to get to it later. Uh, you know, just listen to this clip first. The primary task of the new minister will be to significantly reduce the severity and frequency of load shedding as a matter of urgency. Now, now the, the, the president says the task of Dr. Ramokhopa is to reduce load shedding I- immediately. I mean, for me, that sounds like a joke. I mean, what is he going to do that uh, Mantashe and Gordon could not do or want to? Well, let's start with uh, a... a Guidman has a statement. So he says this is just a a project a, manager. manager. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't give him the latitude of a minister. He's <laughs> the project manager. So essentially, uh, what you have is that the president has put in a project manager in his office and then named him a, a minister. But let's leave the enabling aside. Uh, let's strictly deal with the individual. I think Dr. Mokopa is a highly competent engineer. He's very energetic. He's well-read. Um, he's very clear about what needs to happen. He's not making false promises about him being able to stop a load shedding overnight. Mm. And, and that's exactly where the problem lies uh, with, the, with the promises that the president makes. So when the president says, I'm going to reduce cabinet, to below 28, from 18 that I've increased it to, um, it's likely dependent uh, on the ANC winning an overwhelming majority, yeah. decisive majority yeah. in the next election. Yes. And for the for the ANC to then win that decisive majority, you then need to have resolved the issues of electricity. Because South Africans are, not, are going to be very unforgiving of the ANC if uh, we go into uh, elections with stage six, stage five, uh, who knows, stage seven and eight. If we go into that election in that, the ANC can kiss a government goodbye. Well, in fact, I think that, I mean, sounds, sounds to me. Some to want to make sure that this is resolved. So so you, you reckon that the, the, there is a chance that this could be resolved in the next few months? I mean, elections are... Ha- you know, they'll be halfway through next year, so around June, July, thereabouts, if, if that's what uh, normally is the norm. Uh, do you think in that short space, about what, 12 to 15 months, we can get it solved? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, to have that 
resolved, you may have to do one of two things. Number one, um, you may continue trying to sort out these uh, uh, power stations that I have problems, commit to decommissioning some of them and commissioning new, which will mean that it, it would take you less than uh, four years, yeah. if not ten years, to reconstruct new ones and billions of, of, of rents uh, on top of that. Alternatively, um, maybe Dr. Ramakopawati needs to then go, is go overseas and bring in uh, power ships, and then light up the country. In that way, then, the citizens will know that government has taken a decisive step uh, to resolve the energy crisis, um, even if that may be temporary, but then they will be having electricity. The electricity may then forgive government. What I'm saying, you know, these things are really dependent on two things. And, and maybe the president was put in a, a very difficult position. 2018, he made the promise. It's 2023, he has not delivered on it. And and the issue is that the internal dynamic might be very tough on the president. Who do you turn in your cabinet, in your ANC and National Executive Committee that I'm not accommodating you? In fact, I'm not accommodating you in government. Where do I accommodate you? <laughs> Am I might accommodate you somewhere. But maybe that you have to accommodate that person in the diplomatic office or you need to accommodate that person back in Lutuli. Either way, the South African taxpayers do have to feed, uh, to foot the bill of these people. So, 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 so there lies in the problem for the, for the, for the president. The second problem is that if he, if the ANC does not win a decisive majority and it has to go into a coalition. The, so, so, so before we talk about coalition, before we talk about coalition, before we talk about coalition, if, if they don't win the elections, it seems to me like, you know, he's he's increasing the cabinet and making it the problem of the next incumbent. Because if they don't win, then it's the headache of the next person, whoever they are, whether they're ANC in in coalition or a different party. Well, I don't I don't believe that if we go into coalition that the that the cabinet is going to be reduced. If we go into coalition, uh, and my own guess is that they will go into coalition with the with, with with the EFF. And why do I say the EFF? I think ideologically. The two organizations are not so different. The other one is just a radical uh, uh, coin, the other coin of, of, of the same of the same party. It's more like um, a, a, a non-existent youth group that is is really operating outside the ANC. Uh, so, so that's my view. Well, you, you are not alone. You are not alone on that view. Prince Marcelle agrees with you. FF will have to look after his own people. But he's not going to agree that he goes only into cabinet and will reduce cabinet, who must take the fall? Um, the ANC will want uh, more of their people. The EFF will want uh, more of their people. Who knows? We may end up with a cabinet of 40 people. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not laughing. I mean, Prince Mashala agrees with you. Justice Malala today in the Sowetian on page 9, he, he reflects on what Mashala says, that the ANC is going to rule in a, in, a, in a coalition with the, with the EFF and you saying that's a possibility, and therefore you saying the administration will actually not reduce in size. I mean, but let's move on from that one. I mean, the other thing that killed me: the president says that he has instructed his new and old ministers to act with speed. I I could not find anything more ironic than a man who himself is not known 
for any form of speed that he could ask his cabinet not to do as he does. I, mean, I think the only time, and I'm being serious here, the only time I can associate speed with the president is when his motorcade blasts all of us out of the road. I expect them to fulfill their tasks with rigor and dedication to adopt a zero-tolerance approach to corruption wherever it exists and to place the interests of the people of South Africa foremost in the work that they do. This is the standard that I will hold them accountable to and I have full confidence that they will meet that standard. How are they going to be speedy this time? Well, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving uh, when it comes to that. Uh, the agency is going to be dictated by the fact that we have an election date coming through. <laughs> um, because every one of them that is in cabinet, except those who have resigned themselves that they are not going to come back, or whatever it is, everyone that has a wish to come back, and the youngsters that are there, um, will want to act with some agency so that they can be they can they can return back into government in the absence of them being a being agent uh, um acting with agency they know that they are burying themselves uh and condemning themselves to being outside government and therefore losing the packs that they need look i think he has taken kumbuzo chaveni into in, into his office now as the minister of the presidency I think she has energy that she wants to be able to show. Um, she needs to be able, when she was in that post, uh, she was really very effective. And I think that if he gives her the space to do what she needs to do in that space, my sense is that she will be able to um, make sure that his office does look a, a, a an office that is agile uh, and does things that needs to be done. He, we can sign a goodbye. A, the Minister of Housing there, I see she's moving in all sorts of directions, trying to do what needs to be done. And then you have a very, very solid minister uh, in the agricultural space, who really, without any fine space, doing the things that needs to be done. Very so so I don't, want, I don't want us to go one by one analyzing this. I won't have this time. Uh, and we could go one by one analyzing these guys. But, you know, there's something else. What the President said also reminded me of Pete Kurenhoff, you know, former apartheid minister of Bantu Affairs, who apparently made this assertion, and, and I say apparently, he, he apparently said, quote, I promise to make you more promises next time. It felt like it when I was listening to the president that he's promising me more promises. But now that we've gone in the, into the arena of analyzing, and again, I don't want to go individually, but the president stands there and appoints people who've been mentioned unfavorably at the Zondo Commission and some who have blemished records. And then he turns around to say he's instructed his appointees to work against corruption. I find that ironic, Prof. Again, I say, is the cards is dealt with. Uh, if the ANC was his own organization, they would probably uh, act differently. Uh, but the ANC, he, is just, he just has the honor to lead the organization. Uh, and therefore... He needs to play politics, and he's playing politics. Um, there is no way that you could just simply say, because people have been mentioned, uh, I'm not taking it. The, what becomes crucial is that the National Prosecution Authority needs to move with speed and prosecute. Because if these people 
gets to be prosecuted, then he will have much more a room to play with. If you will be able to say, X, you have been you have been charged, you have appeared in, 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 in court, and therefore you can't be in my cabinet. But as long as the people remain to be mentioned for the sake of just having been mentioned, however much the evidence is, the Zondo Commission was never a court of law. Yeah. And and the president accept that. And to that extent, we we he really needs to make sure that the prosecution side gets its act together and act with speed. That is why we'll we'll make sure that South Africans have confidence. Um, knows that we don't only appoint the commission for the sake of appointing commission, but we do follow up on the things that needs to be said. If people are said to have committed pride, they must really wear the overall. Uh, but if they are just simply mentioned, hey, listen, um, we, we live in a, a law that says you are a, a innocent until proven guilty. So we must move with speed to prove them guilty, and then we can we can get then get rid of them in the cabinet or anywhere they will find them. Move with speed is not what we do very well in this country. Anyway, as we conclude, can I ask you a very important question? Would you teach? President Ramaphosa, if I organized him a scholarship to attend your school of leadership, we would. We would all, 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 all accept him in our class. Um, he would be a very good uh, student in that he is a former student of the University of Limpopo. Uh, out of politics, he has not been able to complete his degree in Limpopo, and therefore um, he left a out of harassment by poli- by the security police and apartheid at the time. So we really want to see by uh, completing a, a, a some degree or style of qualification with us in addition to what he has, uh, so that he can cement this thing about him being the a alumni of the University of Limpopo. So you would, and many others, by the way. Um, so my so in, I'm talking in respect of the school. My specific area is uh, finance, investment, a uh, innovation, and strategy. And and I think there's a lot of people that need uh, strategic teaching. And we, mm. we we really welcome them at the Afrop Graduate School of Leadership. I thank you, and our apologies for keeping you waiting for much longer than it was necessary. Thank you. Well, Doctor Matibul, let me apologize for keeping you here longer than it was necessary. Thank you for joining me and for your insights. Thanks so much, Bernam. Thanks so much, Makwere. We will see you on the freeways. Excellent. Dr. Shlangani Matebula, Professor of Leadership at the University of Limpopo. I'm glad he thinks the president is still teachable. That concludes today's episode of Taking the Rams by the Horns. To you too, I apologize for keeping you longer than it is necessary. Please subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Twitter at Rams by the Horns and at Sowetin Live. For me, Rams Mawote. Goodbye and God bless.